Loosen up. I don't know. Introducing us. about to introduce everyone. Hey, everybody. This is the Machination Log for February 17th, 2016. To my left, Lou Wiedemann is in the house. I am. This house. Nicole. Movie crew. Ryan. Crew is here. All accounted for, sir. Those two people were respectively to the left and to the left as well. And I'm David Paddock. We're here for a movie crew plus one. Lou bum, bum, has bum. been on before, I believe, for her and... Seven five. Seven five. There that's we go. correct, sir. So that's Good to be back. Up here for number three. Um, Nicole, you picked Serenity. Did Lou influence that choice? Lou loves Serenity as much as I do. Why okay. would you say something like that? What? Uh, <laughs> on Sinuated. suspicion. Okay. Um, either one of you can probably have the floor for this, oh, since okay. I assume you've both seen it enough times to... Expose. Yes, yes. Well, so for the uninitiated, Serenity is obviously the extension of the show Firefly. Uh, for the, you know, everyone who's watched Firefly freaking mm-hmm. knows that. The only people who don't seem to know that are uh, my friendly <laughs> co-hosts here, yeah. David and Ryan. Um, so I picked this as my guilty pleasure because around, and and I wasn't like a, you know, like, I wasn't always into sci-fi stuff. It was around like maybe 2007, 2009. I discovered that watching, you know, reruns of sci-fi programs is really relaxing to go to sleep to because I have this amazing ability to um, suspend my disbelief as long as there are spaceships involved. And if it's in space. So I'll I'll basically let plot... Everything, everything, everything's fine with me. As long as space is involved, I will let most plot <laughs> issues fly. Spaceships, instant credibility story-wise, yes, as far basically. as Nicole's concerned. And I mean, the perfect example of that would be like Battlestar Galactica. Because that show is not pleasant to get through. It's about as pleasant to get through as the board game is. And it's very difficult. And it's actually more of a soap opera. Right. But because it takes place in space, yes. we're it fucking gets, cool it with gets it. An, it get, yeah, yeah, it gets a fly. No, the new yeah. Battlestar Galactica is akin to a bad trip to the dentist. Yes. I think that is a good yeah. thing. It is very a lot good. of misery. Yeah. 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 It, yes. But it's got like its own intricate little peaks and valleys <laughs> through it. You know, like Every not, episode. Yeah, it's not all equally bad through an episode. There's always little like nerves hit and uh, yep. teeth ground and yep. like uh, jaw spasms. Um, <laughs> So this movie is yes, not yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, yeah, this is not Battlestar Galactica. Um, you know, so so to be able to share my love of sci-fi programming, I picked Serenity, which is basically an extended episode of Firefly. Now, Serenity is a little bit different than the TV show, and I'll try not to digress into the TV show uh, uh, too much, but I did, and I wanted to, to bring this point up for Ryan specifically Good, here. Good, right, I'm on my notes. The mo- Okay, the TV show is more of a Western, and it follows Mal. Mal is, like, clearly the main character. He's the captain of the ship, which is named Serenity. Remember, if anything happens to me, if you'll hear from me within the hour, you take the ship... You come and you rescue me. Um, the movie, though, is split. Mal is half of the, uh, you know, the main character. The other half is River. And River, River is really the one that drives the action in the movie. Miranda. So they kind of split, you know, mm-hmm. main, main, uh, main character here. Um, so what that makes, how that makes it a little bit different is where Firefly and Mal are all Western. Mm-hmm. River is noir. So right. our film here that takes place in space gotcha. is a noir western. Right. And director Joss Whedon 
to look for inspiration for this noir western, right. he cited a particular movie Ryan told me about last week that falls under this peculiar genre. I'm that ready would for be it. Johnny Guitar. Really? Oh, yes! great. Yes, I've got that on deck. Awesome. Yes. So that was that was actually one of the influences behind this movie. So I thought that that would help improve how you feel about this going into this journey. Yeah, no, so I've got I've I just been talking about it. I've got Johnny Guitar up there. I had come across it by happenstance and realized that I had not seen this batshit crazy movie from the 1950s. So I'm actually kind of excited. Alright, so I can yeah. kind of see this so little western of, noir. Yeah, yeah, so this nice. is so look at it as a noir western, okay. you know, so. I think, so. I think it's prudent to step back just a second and not ignore the TV series because for, for those who aren't familiar with it, May and not, how couldn't you be? Of course. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 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 but for those who aren't familiar with it, because it is a very it's it's a, it's a, it has a strong cult following this this TV show, and and for good reason. But it it also is important to note that it it, it failed not in its execution, but in the way the, the the networks had approached it and aired it and all this other stuff. They actually aired the 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 series out of order. The episodes out of order, and it was put on Friday night, which is where TV shows go to die. Yeah, that um, too. The only one that really made it strongly out of Friday night was like the X Files. Right? Yeah. So, so w what they did was they canceled it uh, after one season to the dismay of few people at the time. Yeah, Many I didn't hear about now. the show till like ten years after it had already come and out. That's what In happened the two thousand seven to two thousand nine range. Yes. yes. Okay. And, and and a lot of people right. have that yep. same experience where you know they found it online because it has a very strong uh, strong cult following. The movie was released because they they the the show was canceled prematurely, so they had to tie it up, right? So it's one of those those situations where okay, this is the movie to tie up the show, and um, so so you do miss a little bit of the history when you watch the show. You get more of an idea of of, of the 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 interactions of the characters and why that you start to really like fall into them like you really get into the characters that are there they're they're quirky they're fun mm -hmm. the chemistry between the actors themselves comes out really really strong in the show as well and it bleeds into the movie very nicely as well but um but it, you know i think it's important that give the op you know, give the audience that mm -hmm. hey go back and watch the show if you haven't seen the movie uh, it, it's fantastic it's only 10 episodes and it really does lead right into it the just movie. helps you get into all the characters really but it's is a, what it does last couple of episodes start to to switch the focus from like what you were saying how the movie is is half mal half river the show starts that off for you it actually like it's all mal then sort of towards the end it starts becoming more focused on this river situation and the, and the, the movie is sort of all of this coming to a head it's the pinnacle of mm -hmm. these storylines okay so. season two so with that caveat in place, let's dig into that caveat even further. So this uh, this movie gets 10 episodes worth of leeway in the establishment of its characters. Yes. And this is something that we've brought up before regarding TV shows, and it's one of the reasons why we may have to do a month where we investigate TV shows. Because when you have a series, you get 10 hours in this case, or in the case of a lot of TV shows, Even more. 12 to 24 hours yeah. to establish as much as you need to, to ground the characters, to make them relatable, uh, to Chris Pratt them, chemistry. if you will. Yeah. Um, you can do almost anything with that much time. You can actually make characters that are completely insufferable endearing. And I'm not necessarily saying that like as a phantom slight against any of the characters here, because given that I haven't seen Firefly the show... Most 
most of the cast in this movie is enjoyable to watch on screen. Yeah. And I, I thought it was, I don't regret sitting down and watching this twice. Um, but there is some cheating going on here. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder, um, I wonder how effective this actually is as a movie. And it's weird. I, I don't actually know that I can separate my understanding that a TV show took place prior to this movie coming out. I, th- well, okay, so and we can uh, we can talk even just about the opening four dissolves that kind of get us set up. I think we, well, that's why I, yeah. that, I wanted to set that up because I think that's really important to the way it was put together. Yeah, he did. I think that that Wheaton did a really tight, tight job trying to integrate all the feelings that the people who had relationships with these characters from the show, like trying to at least set them up well enough for the uninitiated crowd. I think it was three years after the the show. It was, but I, I, I think just in the way that he, uh, he kind of constructed the narrative, I think he did a pretty good job of, of really, you know, introducing stuff, you know, to the, the point in where you, the point of, of, of how much you need to get through the movie. Like, obviously, like like you had said, you're not going to develop the same kind of relationship over two hours like you would over, you know, 10 to 24 hours. But I think he set up the story pretty well, and he did some fun filmmaking uh, to get it going. So I don't know. So you want to break up, like, the, the first... Well, the first, the the first, first part of this movie... The, yeah. the first part of this movie is everything up until the introduction of the operative, probably. Mm-hmm. It's the, the handful of jump cuts, and this is a dream sequence, the, the inception yeah. moments. There's, yeah, there's so... we. Right off the bat, we get a setup of the utopian world that is trying to be displayed here, mm-hmm. and we're established that there is, you know, the inner planets are all this amazing utopia with technology and everything is great. Matching pantsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got all the good stuff. The central planets formed the Alliance. Ruled by an interplanetary parliament, the Alliance was a beacon of civilization. The savage outer planets were not so enlightened and refused alliance control. The war was devastating. And then the outer planets are kind of, you know, they're not as civilized, they're not as well developed, they're not as uh the the uh alliance does Little not je- have jeans and boots crowd. Yeah, you know? they don't have as much control over these areas. Right. So it's pretty much the wild west out there. Um so this is a little, we, we, we see this initially, and then we see that this is a class being taught about how wonderful their utopian, you know, uh, society mm-hmm. is. And they establish our audience surrogate, question mark, in River Tam, <laughs> yes. who is uh, sitting in on this class. Yes, who uh, asks some, some questions about, you know, or kind of brings up that, you know, challenges the idea. Challenges the idea that this utopia is not everything that it appears. And uh, this is not responded to kindly by the teacher. But then we get a dissolve where we find out that River Tam is not a child in class, but she is actually in a medical uh, facility with her brain getting probed by the friendly alliance that Mm -hmm. is there to provide this utopian existence to everybody. Outfitted in sanitary dark blue. Oh, yes. Yes. The Alliance. Okay. And you will notice throughout this film that all Alliance uh, characters that are either sided with the Alliance or more Alliance are in blue. And all of the 
uh, characters from the outer planets are more in like earthy tones, mm-hmm. like Mal, you know, whereas River's uh, River's brother, who's a doctor, an alliance doctor at heart, you know, he's is, wearing blue the whole time. Is that the case in the TV show? Um, in the TV show, yes, but you don't get as much alliance kind of action in the TV show. It takes place more in the outer planets. The TV show, like I said, feels completely like a Western. This is a a melding of mm-hmm. Western and noir. Mm-hmm. So your noir elements are all in darker, cooler colors, mm-hmm. and your Western elements here are costumed in warmer colors. I was just curious because the TV show would obviously have more time to expound upon that kind but of thing. I mean, money. movies movies <laughs> are going to, if you're going to have a yeah. uniform so that you can be entirely certain whether or not you should trust the Alliance. And the key word here, of course, is no, absolutely not, yeah. based on the way that they dress and the way they light their sets. Which is ironic, <laughs> the way they light their sets, because they <laughs> because they are the Alliance. You know, I figured you'd be like the positive people. And someone, yeah, a little yeah. irony there, I see. That's, in the show, you know, they, the, it goes back to the how they set this, this particular storyline up. Right. You know, in the show, it, it, it begins as a happy-go, not happy-go-lucky, but, uh, you know, the, these these outlaws, right. sort of, who are just looking for jobs, honest or not. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. And then they, you know, people just end up coming onto the ship and staying for whatever reason, and then this this drama came of it. Right. So so that's that's where really where the differences are in the show, where the, the Alliance wasn't the number one... Focus. I mean, the Lions right. was always out there. They were always the big bad guy, but they spent most of the episodes spent their time gallivanting in the, the outer planets. Right. But anyways, yeah. back to this this setup. So we find River. You know, she's getting probed by the Alliance. And uh, <laughs> literally, 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 she's yeah, got, no, you know. Rough, she's roughly, roughly. Oh, yeah. She does not look like she's having fun. You know, the, the Nazi Alliance doctor is like, no, this is good. She's like our best prospect here. Prodigy. Prod- oh, yeah. Dance prodigy. She can everything, do everything prodigy. Everything. She's still psychotic, but it's going really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and then we discover it's that it's her brother next to him, and he breaks her out, and then they look like they're getting away, but then we have another dissolve mm-hmm. where we realize that we're actually just watching this footage, and mm-hmm. this isn't actually happen- happening either. And we get introduced to our... Um, our villain, who is the operative, and he is watching this footage of River Tam getting abducted by her brother from the medical facility. Mm-hmm. Played by an actor who clearly didn't hear that you're supposed to have an alias when <laughs> you get into Hollywood. But uh, is anybody, does anyone? I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. name. It is impressive. Look, like it looks, it, it actually Chewidel? looks cool. Chewidel? Uh, yeah, I, would, I, I don't have it here. <laughs> Look, look it up. It's good stuff. Yeah. He's in uh, 12 Years a Slave, too, yes. which is uh, really great also. Oh, he is? Yeah, no, it's uh, well, I'm just going to go with that. It's probably easier to get. Chiwetel. Chiwetel. Yeah, anyway, and starring... Uh, Where is he? Chiwetel Ejiofor. And Michael Fassbender in <laughs> yeah, 12, 12 Years a Slave. slave. All right. Next All right. episode. All right. And now, action. We got a hologram situation going on in the yes, room. Yes, so we're actually not watching River in the operati- operating room either. We're watching archived footage archived of this footage event. Of River getting, you know, taken from the medical facility by her brother. Is and this a Joss Whedon thing? 
I couldn't speak to that specifically. I felt that what he was trying to do was pack a lot of information into a quick opening sequence, which is why, you know, we have, we set up the full world. That's good. We back out. We set up what River's situation is. That's good. We back out. We set up our action, which is that the villain is now going to try and find River and her brother and bring him back because... She may have government secrets, and that is bad. And she's also a psychotic weapon, and we can't really release her. And he fits that all into a nice little sequence right package. in the beginning. I wish he had cut the first jump out. I didn't need, like, there's, there, I, there is some sort of lore value to knowing that there is an alliance and this inner and outer world thing going on. I didn't actually feel like it was necessary to understand what was going on. Okay. Um, given that it was so dense, I mean, it's it, dense. It took it took the second watch to actually properly interpret what the hell was being said there. I mean, it does not come across in the first take unless you already know kind of what yeah. he's talking about. Which again, this is where this is where I was curious about the transition from the show to the movie because they're not. They're not comparable media no, to it, some extent. No, he's trying, he was trying to cram a lot in there. And here's the other thing. On the TV show, you have like the little opening sequence and song, which sets up the whole world and the... It tells you all about it. It basically does all your world building for you in like the opening, you know, credit intro. Okay, so, well, new idea then. He should have wrote a new theme song and a new intro video. I actually think that... A lot when I watch that because I, I do miss the intro and opening theme song uh, when I watch this movie. I think that would have been a better choice. Yes. So we set, but we set up our, our cool villain. I'm, ju I'm just saying yeah. it, it, his task was impossible. He was trying to lay the groundwork for this, and it was supposed to this. This is clearly supposed to be the culmination of something that was like stirring in the background during the TV show and the movie. Like, because what happens in this movie, like the the scale of the climax of this movie, like like most superhero movies is just essentially unfathomable yeah verging on unearned like but there's no <laughs> there's no way there's no way in two hours to set up what happens yeah. here like you can't set the dominoes up fast enough for it to matter like it's just it's too grandiose well the the but you had to attempt it because if you didn't watch the show you didn't have an idea of what was going on yet. You well, know? yeah, exactly. But that's that's the movie didn't allow that, and he still went for it. Mm -hmm. Like if he had had twelve episodes to roll this out, you know, Walter White can't end up with a hundred million dollars at the end of a movie. But he of did, Breaking though. Yeah. Bad. No, but he did. He had ten episodes to start this. That's the point. It, this movie doesn't necessarily stand alone. You know, it does work that's, better when you watch the show. The problem yeah. is that it doesn't. Yeah. It's, it, it does. It tries to get. It tries to chew way oh, it too tries, much. Yes. It, it tries to to dump everything in there. Um, because right after this whole sequence of dissolves, where we get our world building and we establish River and we establish the alliance and we establish our bad guy and our bad guy actually kills the Christopher Guest actor with a sword, and it's pretty awesome, so we get, like, a good feeling of how evil he is right off the bat. And it does establish that Joss Whedon is very much of the Tarantino school of dialogue. Uh, okay, he is, this is, uh, I... I, on during the commentary note, track. During the commentary track, I assume. Which commentary track? I listen, director, two. The okay, I listen to the director one. Joss Whedon is, he's, like, Tarantino light because he you mean does personal mannerisms and he, things well, like that. No, 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 no. He writing loves, style. He, he loves, loves to his, listen to his own yeah, dialogue. He loves gotcha. to listen to his own dialogue. The thing is, he does know when 
he really needs to cut stuff well, out. Well, he also, he, he, he admits it. Yeah. Right. So in the commentary, he's just like, you know, I, I love to, to listen to what I write. Right. So, but so, but then he admits that, like, but you can't have a movie that's all that, so you have to cut some of it out. Oh, there was which a lot is of what dialogue Tarantino, cut out of this film. And which, it would have been three hours long. What Tarantino fails to do ninety nine percent of the time, which is, you know, just shut the fuck up with yeah, stuff. But if, <laughs> but if it was good, why would you cut the good stuff out? I, I you got to keep it in there. I mean, because you got to keep it within I, a certain amount of time. Blah blah. I mean, blah. I, I wanted. to... The Tarantino thing is a lazy comparison to some extent. No, but, but it, I think it it's applicable. It's very it's applicable. applicable in this case. I mean, I was just using it as a surrogate for he writes good dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, because and I love the dialogue in this movie. The style. Well, it's ridiculously it's, witty. Well, yeah, it's 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 almost like saccharine in its cleverness sometimes. It's ridiculously and, and, clever. And yes. that works great with the villain in particular. In the first scene, I think it to hit this kind of dialogue off it was a great scene to establish it because this here this uh this villain has you know an absolute conviction to him and he's got a very deadpan stare which is really good for the style of narrative that gets he's, spoken he's it's he very because it's very play-like it is and and it he has a weird approach because he's always trying to empathize with his victim basically you know like he tells the guy <gasps> this is a good death there's no shame in this. No, this is this is good. It's a positive thing. Right. You know, so he, he approaches his violence from a different sort of place that's almost empathetic in a weird, creepy way. Right. Well, he's he's like, that guy that that is at, at you know at any cost. I'm go, I, I'm here for the cause. Yeah. You know, yes. for my cause, which is I, I'm here to keep the peace to make sure that our government secrets aren't released. He for to him he does all of this weirdly destructive shit. For a noble cause. The greater good. The greater good. Yeah, no, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'll hold this back. He is my favorite part of this movie. Like, That's this cool. Is, yeah, no, like, the operative, cool. I think, clearly is, I mean, it's, once again, it's, like, a lot of problems with superhero movies. And I Like, this is what I've kind of come to realize, too, is that it is almost a superhero movie as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no doubt. So, the other thing was, was that I was, uh, I mean, I have this problem where I see superhero movies and all, my favorite character is always the bad guy. And this, like, fell into that to me as well. Like, I didn't know what it was, but I just wanted to have more of, of the operative in it. And he wasn't in enough, you know? Like, mm -hmm. like, the opening scenes was very good. And, like, his development and the way that he, like, as that character is revealed to you and why he's doing this and what he's doing it for, like, it's uh, it's just engaging and fun. And... um He's like the best actor in the group as well. It's it's really enjoyable. I think his deadpan works really well because Whedon is a big fan of mashing um, dialogue and physical comedy. This okay. happens yes. multiple times. That is also true because he he casts comedians because he feels like if you can do comedy, you can do anything else. So he tends to just cast comedic actors for all the roles. Right. Well, but even even beyond just the simple laugh of the scene, the way that it incorporates, because normally when people are speaking dialogue, there's two reasons people speak dialogue. It's either to move the plot along in a way where the storytellers couldn't come up with a visual method for doing so, or it's to say, oh shit, look out, and uh, like to convey essentially no information at all. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of scenes here and every scene in the operative ha with the operative in it has this technique in it where there is a play on words that is reinforced by visuals. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the one in this scene that 
everybody, everyone in the theater when we watched this went the fall on your sword line. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where he takes out the sword in the middle of a banter that both of the actors are engaged in. Mm-hmm. And that's, I will grant him for as nauseating as I find the cleverness <laughs> in these kinds of movies, that was an exceptionally well done one of those. And there are a couple of them as they go through the story. Um, and that's part of what makes the the the, the charm of this the whole Firefly slash Serenity world is that level of stuff. People really attach themselves to these. This is why they love it because of these things. Because he thinks of stuff like that. Yeah. Well, so, I thought it's always a very clever dialogue as well. Oh, okay. oh, I th- the dialogue throughout this movie is very clever. But okay, so we introduce our operative. Like I said, we get that really cool sword scene, and then we cut from all that dense. Alliance information to this is my boat, and then we get to see the <laughs> <laughs> the Serenity crew. The Zisu esque scene. It of is following very, it the is all boat. in one take. He basically works his way through the entire crew as the sh- fucking stuff is falling off the ship, and they're about to crash. And mm-hmm. you get to kind of see the you know the the pace at which these people operate, which Mm -hmm. is very different than the Alliance. It's a little loose. Yeah. We crashing again? Talk to your husband. Meal prepped? Good to go, sir. Just loading her up. I Um, mean, this this is a ragtag. Definitely a ragtag. Ryan, are you not a fan of ragtag teams? (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I'm not a fan of the A-team. Fucking hate that shit. Uh, <laughs> look, I don't. I never root for the little guy. I don't know if you know this about me. I'm, I am all establishment. I am all alliance. Um, I okay, was, well, I was, yeah, Mal is definitely yeah, not your yeah, hero. No, I, then. I, I don't root for the little guy. It's it, it's if there was a reason to like the villain over the other. It is that the charm is the charm is 180 degrees on that ship. Yes, exactly, absolutely. Um, everyone's got the dagger eyes, but it is only with, like, there's there's a lot of chuckling, basically, in every scene. Like, everyone has a rapport that sounds like it was clearly established over the course of several hours on a, uh, yes. uh, in a previous engagement between these characters. Yeah. Um, that they try to get through, and again, I, working within the medium he was given, mm-hmm. I think Joss did a pretty good job doing that, with the exception of, there's one uh, who is... I think she has an Irish accent. It's kind of hard to tell sometimes. There's one character that I think was just straight up not written very well. Kaylee, the mechanic. Sure. I think that's the the young one. Well, I guess we have a consensus then on who that was. Um, So I won't belabor the point. (laughs) (laughs) But but other than that, I mean, it's got got a good gang of characters that you would imagine in something like, I don't know, The Avengers. <laughs> it's very... It's, I see more like Guardians of the Galaxy, but yeah, hey. That's, I see there's, that. there's too many people for that. And Guardians of the Galaxy is already a threes of crowd situation where if if there's one complaint I have about that movie, and if I have to rewatch a superhero movie, it will be that one. I have watched that twice, I will admit. No, one, one, one out of zero stars. They need... They need to lose like two people from that crew. It's just too crowded. I don't like for a TV show or for a serialized movie franchise where you put out 15 movies a year. That's fine. Um, no, all you would have to do is just rather than getting rid of characters, just make them like deaf mutes. 
and then they could just like do their jobs <laughs> and like cruel around there. That would well. Now you just got minions. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. No. God, I, you are such a systems guy. I know. But that's work an, efficiently. But that's an important if, thing. This twenty percent of them didn't talk. The systems. That's like the difference between the TV and the movies mm-hmm. is that movies have enough time to, to explore tell, like, an two people's I- story to maybe. tell two people's story within the realm of like an idea or a concept like you can pose a question mm-hmm. in a movie and you can sort answer of it. tease the answer out over two hours you can't establish eight or nine characters in a movie yeah. unless it's Ocean's Eleven in which case you're not established does anyone know the names of any of the characters in Ocean's Eleven no, but there's they all Brad Pitt, it. George Clooney, <laughs> Matt Damon. There's yeah. a black guy too, right? There's yeah, there has uh, to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's his name? It was post Obama. It had to be a... uh, Bernie Mac. There we go. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think he was in that That's movie. Good enough. He's black. Yeah, yeah he, he's been in there. He was. He had to have been in there by thirteen, right? <laughs> he might have been dead, but that's okay. Yeah, I don't know. like. It, it falls into this realm of novelty, and I guess did any of the actors in Firefly end up? Making it big. I don't watch enough. No, okay. Here's yeah. Here's another thing about sci-fi. You know, and why this makes it a guilty pleasure. Because Ryan said that you know your guilty pleasures should be great, but not necessarily good. And one of the problems with sci-fi is that they usually have way less budget than they need and way less time than they need to shoot it. This movie and the show was no exception, no, uh, you know, no exception. So basically you have a B-list crew here. Um, Nathan Philon Mal, he was a Canadian soap star and I think he does have, he is like the lead yeah, on that show, Castle. He still is a Canadian soap star. <laughs> so, you know, he is, he's big in, in, in Canadian markets and most of these other actors are from guest roles on other sci-fi programs I have watched. Jane was in that um, Chuck show. Exactly. You know, uh, Kaylee, the one you don't like, she has been in TV since she was like six. She's been a guest star on every B show you've ever imagined or could uh, imagine. The, um, but I got to say the hot, crazy, uh, the hot, crazy girl, River. Not a bad get, I'll be honest with you, if I do say so myself. She's actually made it to a couple movies since this. She's still doing stuff. Uh, Summer yeah. Glau. Summer Glau. Summer Glau. Yeah, Inara, she was the crazy child on Stargate, yep. you know, and now she's the whore in the... Oh, and then she played uh, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool's girlfriend. That's right. Huh? Yeah, so she's moving out. Yeah, yeah, moving out, moving out. All right. They my actually, my favorite... <laughs> My favorite, like, because I like, I like this crew, like, visually. Like, my favorite is, um, is I love Zoe, the big Hispanic, like, the second mate. Oh, yeah. She, I, like, I love her aesthetically. Like, her hair's big, her lips are, like, she's just, like, big and stoic and... Yeah, strong. It's strong. She's and like I just, Lana from Archer. Yeah, she reminds me of Lana from Archer, less whiny, though. And well, I, yeah, I no, love her aesthetically. Yeah. She has the... She has the air of being the reason the ship doesn't fall apart. It, 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 yeah, yeah. She she just like exudes that kind of like well, because Mal, organizational authority. Yeah, because Mal is a loose cannon, and she won't question Mal's authority, but she will ask him to question his own decisions when it is necessary. And, and I'll grant for for as un, unbaked is maybe a little harsh, but half baked as they as the relationships have to be within yeah. the movie. Um, Zoe's lines are economical in a way that makes her character actually stand out in that crew. Yeah. 
where she doesn't actually, she does not feel like a caricature the way that everyone except for Nathan Fillion basically feels. Um, I mean, Nathan Fillion is obviously also a caricature, yes. but he just, he gets enough lines to get over that. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas Zoe is written in such a way that she came, I mean, there's there's a reason I like her in that role. It's because it actually felt like it was put together correctly. Yeah, I really like her. And then I, I, I'll i be honest, my second favorite crew member is Jane, the muscle. I think that guy's just hilarious as the beefcake muscle guy. Everything he, he says is funny. Too, the actor. Yeah, I just he like always plays. Actor. He always plays the muscle. He's always funny. He's always got a lot of guns, you know. And grenades. Yeah. And grenades. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Ryan, who's your favorite Firefly character? Uh, I liked the uh, the operative. Uh, <laughs> no, he's not, he's not a member of the crew. Uh, he's trying to kill the crew. Uh, who, who did we mention? Um, I like that leaf-floating queer uh, ginger guy. Uh, the, uh, the pilot. Wash. Yeah, I like him. He's my yes. favorite. Yes, yeah. who's who's Zoe's husband, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, he's my favorite. The leaf in the wind. And did we get them all? Yes. Did yes. we get them all? And if two Good. of them were gonna be married it would be those two so yes. that also fits quite well yes yes um who's your favorite character lou i like mal you like mal yeah. Mal's a good character well yeah because you know it, it's it's one thing what what draws people to a show is is how much you can relate to some of the characters you know a lot of times and i relate to mal because he, he he's he's someone that doesn't have everything together yet he's still responsible to keep everything together so it's almost like he's just you know, pushing to do the best he can with the limited ability that he has to do that. And and it just seems to work. Some, Of course, it's a TV show, so they have to have another episode or you have to have the movie. So it's supposed to just work. But, you know, I can relate to that in that, in, in that, in that aspect of, you know, I'm a dumbass just like he is, but we still keep shit together. Some big shit together. We keep a ship up in the air or you know, we 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 keep jobs coming in. We take control when p we need to take control, even if p pisses people off. Whatever it is, I, I like that approach in, in that character. I love the way he executes it. So Mal's not even an audience surrogate for you. He's a you surrogate for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't watch him thinking about me, but I'm just <laughs> are saying. You, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, but it's just one of those like you. Can, I can relate to him, and and I'm just actually I'm just thinking about it now. Cause I, can, I can relate to him in that way, and, and that's why I kind of like him. I was just like, oh, I like that character because everybody else has their own little part to play as well. Oh, yeah. But you know, I I like Jane. He's funny. That's cool. You know, I, I love all the characters. To be honest, with you. I, I love them all for their own reasons. Kaylee is super awesome because she's kind of this savant person mm -hmm. about stuff, yeah. and then she's a ditz about other things, like about a, a lot of other stuff. But you know, I can appreciate that for what it is. But you know, the one that you can attach to, you know, that's for me. It's Mal. Good old Malcolm. Yes. Okay. That's why I attached to Walter White in Breaking Bad. Gotcha. Because you like I meth? too, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, well, no, I like the money that comes from the irresponsible production of meth. Yes. Yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah, yeah who does? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Audience surrogate. Yeah. And people were saying that character was unrelatable. Anyway, uh, we make it to the heist after they introduce all the characters. They yes, go off and on we, what? we get introduced to the Reavers. <sighs> yeah, these are these are bad. So, no. all right, so set me this up. There's Alliance. There's Outer World. There's Outer Outer uh, Outer Reavers. 
Yes. No, no, no. And then there's what? something beyond the reverse. No, no, no. no. See, see <laughs> you, have your cent- you have your central planets. Which alliance. Are, yeah, well, not necessarily. They're, they're, they're all supposedly oh, controlled me. by the alliance. <laughs> all right. Okay? But you have your central planets, which Where are- Where the alliance is a tight control. Yeah, they have a tight control, because it's just, it's closer loose to the center. Control. All right, so it's looser yeah. on, the you have your outer planets, on the edges. And the outer planets is where it becomes a little bit more Wild West. Right, okay. And then you have, like, the edge- of nice. the galaxies. Where or, it's just dark. It's or just, just dark. Goals. And it's just more dark. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where the Alliance just doesn't have the resources to go out there and patrol and police the, the lives of everybody. So the rule of law is like a radio signal. So, just yes. Fades, and, and the Reavers are, distance. the Reavers are a good segue into where, what, what steps into like the next sort of Well, see, so now I'd like to, I'd like to, here. I'd like to read a little line from the TV show actually about the Reavers because the movie actually kind of wraps up what the Reavers are and where they are because, you know, during... They're a little rapey. Yes, because during the, the beginning well, during of the, the show... show, they were just sort of like the boogeyman out there. Well, and even even at the beginning of the movie, they're still the boogeyman. But we do learn later on that the Alliance had a hand in these Reavers. But unfortunately, the show got the good line about the Reavers, so they couldn't reuse it in couldn't, the movie. They couldn't re-Reaver it, But this is But this is basically how you're introduced to the Reavers in the show. Uh-huh. If they take your ship, they'll rape us to death eat our flesh, and sew our skins into clothing. And if we're very, very lucky, they will do it in that order. Ah, very nice. Zoe informs us of this. Ah, very good. Okay. So and we you know this. you can take it seriously when yep. Zoe says it. She because she's it. the most economical person there. So yep. if, it was, if it didn't need to be said, gotcha. she wouldn't have bothered saying and, it. And we can see the importance of that, actually, yes. in the movie, where just when this heist is underway... Right, we can yep. we can jump into this now. Yes, right? and and they're 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 taking what they need to take. They suddenly get word that there are reavers around, and that's not a good thing. So they immediately hightail hightail it out of there. And of course, somebody gets caught by a reaver, uh, a, a human, I guess, or a regular off person. Their, their their little uh, hovercraft because they couldn't carry them. Yes, yeah. yeah. turns out that robbing a place, robbing a joint. Makes you quit fast friends with some people, yes. you know. Appar- like, apparently, yeah. right? <laughs> so this this poor soul gets gets left behind. Well, to, he, he kicks him off the getaway car, right? Like he pushes yes. him off. Yeah, like, yes. like 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 this like is not Christmas Mal's story down the day. down the slide. Like you will be off well, the boat. But the best a, kind of reason. Okay, yeah. so back to why I like Mal. You have to make those decisions because he understands that. Okay, well, right now we can't take another person. We right. will be slower. We can't. I can't make this. the moral decision. Yeah. I have if to Mal is the, standing on a cliff somewhere and there's a fat guy in a trolley coming by, I think I know who to bet on. <laughs> That's right. So, so I can feel safe in his logical circuitry <laughs> in that moment. And, and you can see in the movie, you can see where he, he, he does the, the split second of thinking about what the right thing to do is and then acknowledging the fact that, that he's not going to do the right thing right now and I have to do the, the thing that I don't want to do. And, and he ends up you know kicking this guy off the, the, the little hovercraft and of course, he's left behind to fend for himself against these reavers, which doesn't mean much because you don't fend yourself against anything at that point. It's reavers; they're a little rapey. Yep, they're a little hungry. They're gonna so reaver. Mal, so Mal reaver's does. Gonna reave. Mal does the the honorable thing, and he shoots the guy in the chest to to kill him and and save him from the tortures that are yes, that come the with being caught by reavers. Yes, because the reavers don't want to eat you if you're not alive. They don't want to rape you if you're not alive. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to skin you if you're. Yeah, not you're alive. not of any interest to them dead. 
So oh, I was under the impression it was one of those mercy things, but I guess if it's more practical, that'd be Mal's style. So. Well, no, it is a mercy thing. That's my point. Okay. He shoots him in the chest so that that guy does not have to deal with the torturous, you know. I know Reaver it sucks experience. because he kicked him off the hovercraft, but then he did mercy kill him. So yes. uh, it, it was still a rough day at the office for Mal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he could have just shot him off the thing. <laughs> he could have just saved the boot kick. <laughs> He wasn't thinking. It's He could have been more efficient about There's it. There's a lot going on at that one moment. Yeah. He didn't have time on. to think that he should have just murdered that guy straight up while he was begging to stay on the ship. But it, but it does I- illustrate how how ridiculous this, this Reaver is in this yes. story. This, oh, they bad. Oh, yeah, yes. they bad. They and bad. we don't even know why. They're just out there and they're they're really crummy. You know, so they, they make it through the Reaver thing. We get a little action. There's like a high, a high you know, high-paced... Uh, chase and they get back onto the ship and they get away and you know we're which that's about as much as needs to be yeah, said about yeah it. it's just a little action sequence and uh so then we cut to we meet the mal's employer slash the river reveal you know because until this point river was just a crazy girl and her brother and they're trying to escape the alliance but no one had ever seen river like act out. Like they knew she was nuts, but nobody knew that she was some sort of killing machine. Yeah, she yeah. was always s- sort of well behaved on the ship. Yeah. You know, she's subdued. Quirky. quirky. Yes. Some folks didn't really like them around because they're weird. She was just a grunge mole. She likes to smell yeah. things. Yeah. She and walked then... around barefoot a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, um, no, no, no carpeting on the boat either, by the way. This is, this is no. straight gray. I would metal. hope not. Okay. Probably I, they're not really made for comfort. Those no, no, no. You got to stay. You got to keep your edge. Yeah, absolutely. you don't want to go soft in space. <laughs> yes, the the, the <laughs> lack of gravity will yeah. make you soft anyways. Yeah. My bone density is just draining. Yes. Watching this thing, <laughs> muscle mass. Do they have you. mattresses on the space station? I, nothing, nothing, man. Cuts. There's just nothing. Yeah. Well, Tempur Pedic was developed by NASA, so they must be using that foam for something up there. I guess I've never really considered it. I mean, I know Buzz Aldrin didn't need it because he's a badass. If the but. if if fleas or lice couldn't exist, just a little bit of hay would be nice, you know, like something. Uh, like they look like they're sleeping on greasy fucking scrap or I something. I guess if you lower the, the gravity, you would just float. Like it'd be like sleeping well, yeah, in a flotation tank. I need tank. support. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's turn this around. Let's turn, yeah. So yeah. okay, so we get these a- are the important <laughs> questions. <laughs> well, and these are the things that, that well, they had a whole show to Section three would have got into this. I know, and these are the things you. Have have to bypass okay when you watch sci-fi, when you watch shows. sci-fi shows because you know i we've 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 read lots of I, I like space on a reality level and a sci-fi level and when you watch the show and understand what's involved in reality you just have to ignore the, okay. all of the things like okay where do they play? okay here's the other yeah. thing is if, if you want if you want to start worrying about That's like the silly. actual yeah, no. about the actual space stuff you have to then get into science fiction um a novel series like you know the enderverse deals with like the realistic gravity issues of being in a spaceship on a tv show everyone's going to be walking around just fine just leave your science fiction hat at the gotcha. door in okay. terms of the fact that their bone density would be very poor from being on that ship all the time and they probably wouldn't be able to be kicking ass and you know beating Taking people up every time they land somewhere i'm okay with that because i assume that in 10 or 15 years we will have the space vitamins yeah, we'll work it out. Yeah. Yeah. Elon Musk, man. 
Yeah, in the Ender's game, they just made the kids like work out for like thirty minutes a day to keep up their bone density Excellent. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's all it so takes. Turns it, out they'll figure it out. So, but in a book, you can you can develop those. That's what I mean. Of... So, in a book, you can develop yeah, these even longer. Yeah, we're talking about an entirely <laughs> different thing now. Yes, yeah, so that's not even right, characters. Yeah. That's we're talking about a movie from a show. Yeah, we need Ben on here for so, that. So, <laughs> so here here's our, our our river character moving our story forward because she gets a subliminal message while everyone's at the bar. From you a, know, watching a cartoon. From a Korean commercial. Yes. yes. God almighty. And uh, and she just kicks everybody's ass in the bar. And um, what do we say? Indiscriminately. Which, yeah, which she gets activated apparently. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Activated. Triggered. Triggered. Oh, God. Triggered. Like oh, a little, that means something a little different. She needed a yeah. safe space and there just wasn't one around. So this is kind of surprising to everybody, especially the fact that she beats up Jane, where the biggest joke then becomes, how does a 90-pound girl... You know, beat up a huge, you know, buff guy. And this is a point I do want to touch on. I, I like the Summer Glaw, like the River character. She moves the story forward. She looks cute, dancing around barefoot in her little dresses on the ship. But no, folks, a 90-pound girl is not going to be killing, like, 200-pound. I, I do the mixed martial arts things. Like, her kicks are beautiful. But it is unrealistic. But Josh it's Whedon, a movie. Josh Whedon is also, you know, a bit of a feminist. So of course, we have to suspend our disbelief to believe that the government. It's would, not about women at this point. It's about a matter of uh, well, a mere thing of physics. No, I just, just, you know, ninety pound woman that, isn't going to kick two hundred people. No, I, who I know. I know. They, they should have cast Demetrius Johnson in this role. That no would have been, yeah. that would have been something to see. I see, and, and it seems weird that the government would experiment on like a ninety-pound girl if they the needed is, a weapon. You know, the problem like, is, is this is relevant to those of us who have tried or understand martial arts on a reality level, where ninety percent of the people watching these movies just see, look at it and go, "Think it's cool." See, I was okay with that. I. I imagine most people have a suspension of disbelief when this scene starts yeah. happening, whether they've <laughs> done jujitsu or not. The the thing is, you'd be surprised, I, man. I'm, Nick still thinks that Krav Maga is the shit. So <laughs> bring that up every time you see him, and uh, he will keep talking about it behind your back. Oh, okay. <laughs> I haven't. I didn't bring it up last time I saw him. It doesn't. It, it, anyway, no, no, no. I, think, no, I really think it's funny. Depth. No, I think it's important, though. I think it's actually applicable to this topic because I think that some people do watch scenes like that and think that that can be real because that's what kung fu and karate studios tell you, right? I've, I don't know. That that's, that seems like a bit of a stretch. And right, well, if enough. if nothing else, I was fine with this scene too, even though this wouldn't necessarily be my speed most of the time mm -hmm. because. The scene is basically out of commando. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just it's because it's not it, it's not like she does something that is implausible in the sense of being in a three on one fight with three thugs and she parkours her way through them, which in itself would be essentially unrealistic in this environment. Um, she she knocks out like a hundred people. <laughs> Oh, like yeah. it's just it's not even you don't you don't have to suspend your disbelief if you're still watching you're complicit <laughs> in what's happening on screen right. it's just going and going and going um and it just hits a point of catharsis at some point um and then once you hit the zen like state um that's the point at which mal gets his gun back out of the locker and they have she reached the flow state. I think. We yeah, can say yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. She exactly. definitely had a flow definitely state had a going. Good flow state going. Yes. No, her vibe reached maximum, and then. Um, but when Mal got his gun, that's when her brother came out. Yep. 
and said some strange words. He did. I think they were Chinese. Secret Chinese? Flum. Yes. Yeah. Secret Chinese. Puts her down. Manchurian, Limp. if you will. Mm-hmm. Almost. So she gets loaded onto the ship. Yep. Uh, they, they cuff her up. They restrain her because she's clearly a badass. Uh, <laughs> and uh, she, she's clearly Nietzscheified. And um, so we, moving on, we've got, we got to go figure out what the hell's going on with this situation, what caused it, why happened. Yeah, so then we've got, we've got a... Um, an exposition character, this Mr. Universe. They're going to go visit Mr. Universe and watch the feeds and figure out what Summer saw. Or gain River. Some, some perspective yeah, gain, what, on this what situation. What did River see that made her go totally ape shit in this bar? Right. And of course you have, you have, you have to have your token hacker guy. Oh, and you have piece. to have a place where at the end of the movie you can have a ridiculous fight scene because the generator is somewhere really dangerous to get to because it is a sci-fi movie. Gotcha. That's later. Oh, okay. That's later. <laughs> no, but this is Mr. Universe's yeah. home. Yes. yes. Technology. In the, in the ion cloud. Of course. The, the ionosphere. Yeah. <laughs> which, which for some reason doesn't seem to have uh, too much effect on his ability to survey all of this stuff. Yeah. I, very it amplifies his signals, okay? I can't oh, okay. stop yeah, his signals. Yeah. I can't stop his signals. I can't play steam in a rainstorm. Yeah. Mr. Universe <laughs> just picking up signal from all over the galaxy. Hey, man. No, but this, this guy was exclusively a movie plot device. He was not a character in the oh, actual. Oh, yeah, no. He is. T- yeah. No. Much, yeah. No. <laughs> much like Mayor Handwave from yes. Tombstone. <laughs> bitch gets a fucking grave at the end and he's not even from the show this fucking movie I swear to god oh is he actually not in the show no he is a plot device exclusively oh okay I, yeah. I was good thought you were implying that he literally showed up for the movie that would have been audacious no, it was a muscle man competition in the fucking show no, <laughs> I would that's what I thought was gonna happen no I was I mean I was surprised by the what the what, uni, what the uh, the universe turned out to be as well so yeah but it, regardless, so they go there, and he's a man about the signals. In fact, he has seen the signal, yet was not aware yes. to its purpose till brought by the Serenity crew. Yes, yes. Right. And he's, you know, he gives them some data. He's like, you know, it's got Alliance fingerprints and code, but it's top secret and... Complicated. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and uh, uh, so but, now the oh, crew By the way, he has a sex bot as well. Yes. And he's Jewish. Oh, yeah. he's a real doll. He's a real doll. <laughs> because they bothered. <laughs> yeah. They bothered to show him crushing that glass at his wedding. Oh, good stuff. I'm glad we see we keep we've kept our customs after we've done interpl- inter- interplanetary travel. That character is Jewish for that joke. There's no other reason. <laughs> it's well folded in. Yeah, he yeah. could have looked like Kevin Smith. Like, you know, it didn't matter what he looked it was, like. It was of no relevance. <laughs> yeah. That's third wave feminism, folks, oh, right good there. Stuff. So, you know, the crew's like, wow, we've got some shit going on. The alliance is going to be tentacling its yeah, way towards like, us. Yeah, like, this is not good. Let's go hide out for a little bit. In which they go and meet up where, if you've seen the show, they meet up with the Shepard character. But he doesn't have a whole lot of relevance in the movie. He's basically just a place for them to hang out. Oh, he's, and I know low. who he is. Yeah, he's, he's treated with some gravity. I'll tell you oh, that yes. much. Yeah, he's given, like, weighty lines said by firelight. You know, like, this is... I'm clearly supposed to be... He even gets in Mal's face. Mal's like, oh, you should tell me about your stories of the old days. And he's like, I'm not telling you shit, basically. (laughs) The old days ain't what they used to be. Well, there is a graphic novel, apparently, about the whole Shepard's story arc. I've not read that, but Lou has expressed interest since I've discovered this. Well, you know, I mean, truth be told, throughout the entire series, the whole uh, what was your past... Question. Did come up a lot. Come up a lot, and and it was obvious that Shepard was not merely a shepherd his whole life. But you don't say it has clearance somehow. He mm. must have found God somewhere. 
Well, it's not that, but he must have, you know, he must have done some shit before he found God is what we're saying. And I'm curious what that shit that. was, you know. Yeah. So, you know, they're hanging point. out and then they get a call from Inara, another cast member that was out in the sticks. Nara's a companion, a.k.a. an alliance-trained prostitute. She works at the Institute. Yes. Those who can't do. Teach, teach yeah. So, so yeah. you know, she she talks to Mal. Mal's like, it's a trap. I gotta go in there. And, uh... Well, be- it, it's all those clever lines. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a trap. So, trap? Trap. We going in? Why don't you put a few hours out? Yeah, but remember the part where it's a trap? But so. then we get we get we get we get our a good you know you're we're gonna get back to your favorite guy so you know Mal goes and meets Anara because the operative is there and this is the first time our wayward hero gets to meet our alliance strongman yes and and one of the one of the character traits of our operative is that you you know you can't upset or agitate him yes but Mal. Mal Gives really, it his best shot. Really puts it to the test. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the initial the initial meeting here, he really uh, kind of stands his ground. And he continues to, I think, you know, irritate the operative throughout mm-hmm. the movie moving forward. No, no, you're working this deal all crabbed. You gotta open with payment. That is a trap. I offer money, you'll play the man of honor and take umbrage. I ask you to do what is right, you'll play the brigand. I have no stomach for games. I already know you will not see reason. The Alliance wanted to show me reason. They shouldn't have sent an assassin. This is also the second time the operative is speaking in the movie in a set of dialogue that is extremely clever, delivered deadpan, with a visual flair provided by Mal in a conversation that did not need to happen. Oh, yes. Um, there is no information conveyed by the operative until the third time he is in the movie. Um, basically, he could, in his first scene... When everyone shows up to see what he's doing in the hologram archive, he could have just stabbed everyone, and it would have made no difference. He almost he very did, nearly does, yeah. but, he, but but he stops to deliver yeah. some clever lines. Yes, yes. but he has, he has to flare. set it up. Yeah, he has to set well, it up. I mean, yeah. I mean it's a, it, he sets up that he is actually working for the alliance. It sets up that he is one of these w- really weird kind of uh, rogue. He has, no, he has no name. Mercenaries. You know yeah. what I mean? In a sense, like I, I, but he doesn't exist. He's a ghost. No, but that's, that's, what I'm that's but that's yeah. the thing is the fact that he's a ghost means he talks we a lot. Don't for need being to a know ghost. anything about him. <laughs> well, well, I remember not, though. I remember when you mentioned this, and I was like, "Well, I remember the black monk." And you thought I meant the old shepherd dude. Yeah. I'm like, "No, I fucking the, this. This was who I meant. This is who I thought I was talking about. Like the black monk. Like this." Yeah, the black dude. He's he's got like the the hair. He's got the crop hair. He's like he's a probably zealot. not married. Yeah, he's a zealot. He's unreasonable, and he's got some. So amazing he's monks are unreasonable and zealots. Yeah, man. Sorry. I mean, I've seen kung fu. They're just unreasonable about peace and, and brotherhood. That's all. That's what. That's the fucking unreasonable part. He's just, well, you know, like completely Shaolin himself. And well, uh, the audience can't see me laughing, from. walking around the room. Oh. Anyway, uh, but. So that happens. Mal delivers a line that is, and the timing is almost exactly the same. Um, there is, they're in the middle of a conversation that doesn't seem to be humorous, and then the operative says, "I'm not threatening you. I'm unarmed." Good. And that the timing on that is almost exactly the same as the sword scene. Well, it's, then there's it's also a rhyming scene. But then Inara has the exact same timing at the end of this fight scene. Where, you know, oh, I don't remember what the first two say, but the operative's like, you know, well, this is not what it appears. And Anara goes, well, and that 
Neither, is that. neither is that. That's not yeah. incense and blows. And, you know, it, it happens to be timed perfectly to where, you know, Anar and Mal are in the back of the room and the operative is right in front of the incense that is about to go off. So, so all the characters get to share in this kind of banter, you know, <laughs> it's this timing. Kind of yeah, one, timing. Yeah. one, two, three, yes. bang. Yes. <laughs> is. What so I, did like, I did like that, that. It's a good point you brought up because I love the fact that he just shoots him. Because in other movies, I'm always sitting there going, I know it wouldn't make for a good movie. Sure. Goddamn. Yeah. Just fucking shoot him. Mm-hmm. Just why are you talking? And like in every movie, the good guy's got the gun out. And he's like, all right, I got you pinned. And then they have a conversation and he gets away. Mm-hmm. You're like, if that conversation didn't happen, if you just didn't fucking shoot him. Kind of like the way our operative likes to to manipulate nerve clusters so that people fall. That's on totally things. realistic. <laughs> totally realistic. I think that's probably the worst part of that movie for me. Oh. Is that I hate that. I'm a nerve cluster fan. What can I say? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> oh, he can't show it to you. It's too deadly. Yeah. Go on, get this nerve yeah, anyway, cluster. Anyway, so thing. you know, Nara and, and Mal make it back up to the ship. You know, they so teach now that we have problem McGraw. You know, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> what? what was that? No, that's no. a nerve cluster. That's a nerve McGraw, man. <laughs> you know, so Mal gets back on the ship with Anara, so we have even more people on the ship now because we have our companion and uh, the whole crew is back together now. The whole the crew show. is back together. They hey. go back to their hideout and they find out that shit got burned down, oh, and man. the alliance is after them for reals. Boy. Boy, that alliance! I don't know about them anymore. Yeah, they seem like some rough operators. Yeah. Oh my God! What are we going to do? That's a good question for well, the movie to well, answer. Well, no, 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 no. They know. They know what they're gonna do. Um, they, which, they need some convincing. Yeah. They well, they do. need a plan. Well, they, they again, need, they need is, a plan, but it's it, we have to back up a little bit because I refuse. Th- there's well, we're gonna do it anyway. Because <laughs> it's River, happening. Because River gives everyone the initiative here. River acts she's, as she's she's who's moving the story forward. She, she's the map. And yes. um, the scene in which she is the map, she is manipulating the map in some in just a choice that I don't really understand as someone who would never make a movie like this. So that makes <laughs> perfect sense. Don't get me wrong. But uh, there's a scene where River escapes and uh, she once again demonstrates that she's essentially unstoppable. Um, and knows how to do everything. Plot armor for days. And she makes her way from her incarceration. Jade in the middle of all of this, attempts to kill her um, after yes, being And in the show, he attempted to turn them into the Alliance on multiple occasions. Thing, this is an ongoing, you know, <laughs> tip an, between them. Problem. Yeah. One thing I think we, I don't know if we mentioned it in the beginning, but she was not just in a medical facility being researched upon. No, they were trying to program her to be this badass fighter. And this, like, ultimate weapon, really, for the military. She was unstable, so. but she was... Better than their other subjects. Only because they were interrupted in their work. (laughs) Otherwise, the Alliance does quality brainwashing. (laughs) She was a prototype. The best brainwashing. The best prototype they had at that point. The best best prototype ever. Yes. She was the LSD of her time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh. MKUltra never forgets. So we have... uh, So River makes her way to the front of the ship... And her trigger word back when they were in the bar, when she was going commando uh, back in the bar, she says Miranda to herself. And the crew 
figures out that she says Miranda, but they do nothing with this information. Well, they don't really, they don't know if this is a person, if this is a yeah. place, if it's a thing. They, they don't There's, know. Yeah, there, there even, a, even, yeah, even her brother, the doctor, asks that's, her. That's that question. Yeah. That face. Are you That was great. Because yeah. yeah. it was it was a perfectly good question. Like, it was a perfectly well, good, a, honest question. And he's, and he's a doctor. No, it makes sense, right? Well, he's a doctor, so he would approach it from maybe a more psychological way. You know, he asked mm. River if she's Miranda. You know, am I talking yeah. to Miranda? Mm. And, yeah, but that was amazing. He asked it in a way that he realized it might be a ridiculous question. Yeah. And then she gives him that look, and he immediately realizes yeah. that, yes, it was a ridiculous question. There was question. actually, I, I, I do like that little scene between her and the, the brother She's where she gets really kind of panicked panicky about these powers and these memories that she has that aren't hers and she doesn't want to carry them. It's, I think it was I, it was a pretty good it's a pretty good little uh, emotional high point. I agree. Yeah. I think one one thing other thing we forgot to one point um, that we forgot to bring up in the past was when the operative in that opening scene in the archive room and you know whatever trying to kill the guy with the sword and the nerve cluster blah 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 well, he he made he made a comment about how this doctor that was working on River, uh, how he allowed her, who who is apparently a telepath as well, yeah. right? Of course, allowed her in the same room as high level government officials, and that's where this Miranda thing starts to to sort of make sense because he, now the operative's goal here, because he's under the assumption that this woman has read their minds. And he's under the assumption that she knows secrets. their secrets. These high, highest level people in the government, he, she knows their secrets. That's why he needs to get her. Yeah. Because we can't take the risk of her knowing these secrets, right? So when she gets triggered, uh, which we learn why and how later, right? But she gets triggered, she says, Miranda, that's really one of those latent memories of her reading these people's minds coming out. Yeah, Because she... they're not telling her about... What Miranda really is. And she is. had no direct involvement with this Miranda situation. So so we come to find that the operative's motives are founded. You know what I mean? Like, she <sighs> does know shit that she shouldn't know, quote-unquote, you know, we, we he thinks that she shouldn't yes. know. Uh-oh, well, how's that going to unfold? Well, so we figure out that Miranda's a planet, and we need a plan because the Alliance is after us, so... It's We're a planet get... that is surrounded by a belt of reavers. Yes. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. So they have to raise the stakes. Yes. And we're but before that happens, the whole reason we went on the segue. Oh, yes. About... I don't like how they reveal this planet. River did not need to subdue half of the crew and go rogue to the front of the ship to investigate the planet chart to find Miranda. I find it Highly improbable <laughs> that she could not have politely asked. I know she she throat punched her brother to get to that map. Minute, she had that secret word that put her to sleep. I know she was very scared I'm they okay were going to try it. to subdue she, her again. She justified that. That's okay. <laughs> and, and he, he and, had it coming, and no one else would have objected. Yeah, That's he right. Had it coming. He's a little broody. But she could have asked. Use your words, River. And he, and yeah. Use your words. Yeah, yeah. Her brother even said that. You could have just asked me nicely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I could have. Like, come on. Maybe I would have, you know, argued for your cause here and got you in front of a computer. This is where my suspension of disbelief hit Well, and in this movie. It's it's like... It's in this breakdown in human communication. Well, not only that, but like, <laughs> but like her brother apparently, like, like just like con constructed this complete artifice of a successful life 
only to have access to her, maybe at some point. That's the one redeeming part of his character. Throws yeah. all of it away to yes. rescue her. See, this is yes. what you she missed. Gives no it, you miss fucking this. credence. <laughs> well, you, you missed the, no uh, fucking credence. You missed the, 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 the show really sets that up. I don't, yeah, better. no, I get it from the movie. It's the like, pay's good. Yeah, like he has, he is like, I've got a life. At some point, I'm sure he was sitting in his <laughs> like rich his house in his successful life and I'm sure his beautiful wife and his lovely children and he's like, Fuck River, man. I'll just take this. But no. He fucking goes and rescues her. And that bitch and isn't it's not, ingrate. It's not madness. It's love. Yes. It's love, As the operative says. Absolutely. He understands this. Yes. Oh, and the, like But anyway, they stick this, they stick all these redeeming qualities in the doctor for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. He's a little broody for my taste. I don't think he conveys the moral gravity he with is, which he, he operates. He's my least under. favorite character yeah, would, on the ship. I would go so far as to call him uncharismatic. Yes, he is in fact the worst actor on the movie as well in my opinion, but um, but, but all in but all. That's, but that's fitting. Yes, absolutely. He is a doctor. He is a doctor, yes. You can do the least acting. Can you give a, sh can you fake give a shot? You're hired. Let's do this. So yeah, I like this fake needle. Yeah, here's this fake needle. No, uh, but no, I, so, yeah, he's Look done, right? Look at he, someone and act like you're caring, and you do care, but you can't convey that because you don't understand how emotions work. That's right, because you're yeah. a doctor. And he's like, huh? Doctor. So, yeah. so, so, he she's, him, he's like, huh? so she's in front of a console. <laughs> she's in front of a console, and she's, in, and she, again, another standoff. Yes. Right? We got, we have Mal. Yeah, she's on the wheel. We, she's we, at the we wheel. Have River. And no, she's not, not at the wheel. She's in front of a console looking at this planet Without on the screen. And, you know... And and he's trying to talk her down because apparently when you get her revved up, it, it you know I guess you had to point the gun at her to calm her down or say some weird Chinese words and boom she'll be down. Excellent. But um, so we find out that Miranda is a planet, not a person, and that some shit something is gone down there, and we they want to figure out why. So now they have to get through all a, these reavers, a big asteroid belt worth of. Reavers, which are, as we found out earlier, the worst of the worst of the worst. So, and also very densely populated. My goodness. Um, yeah, there's they actually in, packs. in the fan they fiction, there's packs. there's definitely people that that have like deep questions about how they're organized and how their societal structure works. Because obviously, they, have they a lot do of exist functional in spaceships. Spa yeah, for those for those. Who I mean, are they're insane, not efficient, like, viciously but, insane, and yeah. rabid. They're, they're pretty good organizers. Yes, yeah. That's another thing we have to kind of suspend your disbelief in these sci-fi movies, or sh yeah, movies or shows, is that spaceships are, are kind of like cars. Everyone has one, and they just fucking work, even yeah. if they're a little, like, like, whatever, but, you know. Again, that part, I have no problem with that. My suspension of disbelief is entirely in the way that River Tam failed to communicate with you. It's, yeah. is, it, is <laughs> oh, her inability to talk to other people. I, right. Short, I have, I have short reaver hypothesis. They are, in fact, a hive mind, and there is a queen re re reaver that has a big, large pupus on her that, like, That's played out, man. All right, good, all right. I did want to recall the little line, though. Um, you know, because, because uh, you know, they have to decorate their ship so it looks like a reaver ship before they go into this reaver well, belt. You know, let's, let's go back, right? They, they, they decide that we're going to... Try to disguise ourselves well, to like get through. This. Okay, well, hold on. Um, you know, so they're they're at the Haven, and and the Alliance has killed everybody, and there is a a, a little line between uh, Mal and the operative that I thought Ryan would appreciate since this is his favorite character. Lay it on me. You know, they kill everybody, and he's 
Mal's like they're in the wreckage. Yeah, they're in the wreckage. And, and of course, the operative the just appears on all all, all screens, all of the console screens. Yes. Yeah, he tapped into yeah. the ship. Very Sherlock. Um, hacked it. Very, very Moriarty. Hacked into the yes. ship. Doesn't know where the ship is. But yeah, he can hack into it just fine. But he fine. hacked into it. Yeah. And uh, he's like, Mal goes, "I don't learn of children. I do." No, and what's also cool though, I'll tell you this though, the neatest fucking thing is is that the guy's got a kind of like in, insane devotion to this like society. To this cause. But the neatest thing about his character that's revealed through this interaction is that he upon realizing the perfect world, he knows that it will he will never be accepted into it. Yeah. Right? So realizing this thing that he knows he can't be a part of and yet feels his role well, in order exist. to do that. Yes, no, this is but this is so cool. What's neat about yeah, him? You know, he like, can't live within it. Yeah, like yeah, you you'd like angels. You know, you'd fucking you know work with God, and then you construct this whole world, and it's not for you. Yeah, yeah. you know, and like that's what's fucking neat about this. You know, like this is why they're so fascinating, and that's why I like this operative because it's like the whole point of though I'm like here doing this like God thing. It's not for you. You're just my instrument in this, and he's like, I am an instrument, an eloquent creepy faced instrument yes. right, of the Alliance. And I think that's what's the most fascinating thing about this guy. I wanted more where third season, Fire, Firefly, Joss Whedon, Operatives R Us, let's do this. Yeah, that's true. They didn't kill him at the end. He wandered off. No, I'll talk about that in a second. His I pay think, grade's like, probably too high after yeah, 12 absolutely. years of slavery. He did win, yeah, I think it's yeah. an Oscar bait. Well, he's like any, well, we'll get to that part. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we got, we got, we decorate the ship with all the residual dead bodies Reaver that were left up. by the yeah. uh, Alliance. And with, we, with, with, with the, uh, the shepherds front and center to honor him. Oh, yes, yes. They did say that. And we go out into Reaver space. And they, you know, they cruise through the Reavers pretty good. They do a good job of hiding. And we get to this Miranda planet, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a functioning planet, except that. Everyone's dead. Yes, it's a little, it's a little drab. Yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah, it's a little mummified. It's a mm-hmm. little uh, oversaturated in its light, um, but that might just be yeah, a stylistic yeah, choice. Yes, uh, that's, that's, stylistic that's classic utopianist. Yes. Yeah, a lot of marble, a lot of yeah. sharp angles. Well, he, he discussed no, that know. in the commentary where he specifically said he wanted to overexpose it to just, just to totally blow it out. Did it work? Yeah, <laughs> it's so. overexposed. It was, it was, that's for a, sure. It was an effect, right. mm-hmm. and we, you know, so we we find out that basically. The Alliance was trying to pacify the population by putting some Paxil on it by hydroxide uh, stuff in the water. Or, or improve, right? Like, like well, their this intention like, was to improve. That, it depends gotcha. on what side you're on. I'm, gonna, I'm on the Alliance side. Okay, then you're trying to improve Excellent. The, the population. But there was some bad side effects to drugging the entire population in that most of the people got so passive that they literally just stopped moving and died. Yeah, they just stopped thinking. Yeah. Like. And then the other 10% had a bad side effect where they went crazy and turned into reavers. So we find out that the alliance are responsible for this reaver indirectly, problem. Indirectly, indirectly. Well, and- they haven't taken responsibility <laughs> for this, but this is what this is what our ragtag team yeah. is and, discovering. Yes. And for what it's worth, given that this takes place on a hologram in the R&R facility, which here stands for Research and Rescue, which is not what I was aware <laughs> not of. Not raping and reavers? What, or, no. or rest and relaxation. <laughs> yeah, no. It doesn't stand for any of the things I thought it did. And therein lies the key. We're taking this one hologram's word for it on all this shit, mm-hmm. and I find this highly suspect. She did get eaten by Reavers at the end of the hologram. We don't know if that happened. They don't show that. So this is my season four hypothesis, <laughs> is the Alliance didn't actually make the Reavers. The Reavers are, in fact, some supernatural, uh, pupescent, 
Queen thank Hive you, thank Mind. Thank you. Yes, it's played out, but it's still a classic. No doubt. Yeah. Um, so all of these stories get recycled frequently mm-hmm. in this because genre. Because I, I can believe that she is just a psychopath who's trying to sow the seeds of chaos into the alliance. And my reasoning is thus: she is being very, very emotional mm-hmm. during this time where she's talking about this failure, and she has this very human, like on the verge of crying despair. Yeah. And she still calls sex breeding. Mm-hmm. Dead giveaway. <laughs> She's a psychopath. We found a flaw in the script. Exactly. Gotcha. Actually, Joss Whedon is too good a writer they went to through, have let that slip. And they went through two uh, actresses to do that hologram because they thought that the first actress wasn't believable enough. And post-production, they hired that second one to do the hologram. Sarah they Paulson, thought, by the way. They yeah. thought that we would... We would like, like, she would be like a more legitimate source to hear this information from. Smoking Gun, season four, catch it on Netflix, 2088. <laughs> Let's crowdfund this thing, come on. Oh, it's already been tried. No, <laughs> no our season hasn't. This, this bullshit shit that follows the story. No, man. We're, we're expanding the multiverse. So we've been told that this planet of 30 million people that apparently never communicated with, the to, with, with anybody world. else. But yeah. we, we, again... No problem until after I got done watching the movie with that. Like, that didn't even cross my mind until I started thinking about this oh, during yeah, the second watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just watch it. Just no, watch I, it. look, if they get past me on the first try, they're good. <laughs> they're past. I don't care at that point. It's just got to survive one pass, and it's good. Um, but um, that aside... Uh, so now it's time for revenge. Yeah. So now we gotta have our final standoff, and we've gotta we've gotta inform the world that the alliance is creating reavers and killing whole planets of people surreptitiously. Right. So who better to go see and spread this amazing new information than Mister Universe? Yay! Yay! Yes. Our second our time. Faithful hacker. Absolutely. Yes. And 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 because he. His planet is in an ion cloud. What better way to surreptitiously scoot in on the Alliance and bring all the Reavers with them, mm-hmm. you know, than, than, you know, coming out of an ion cloud, seeing the ships, and then having all the Reavers chase you, okay. and then the Alliance can't do anything about it. Are, Yay! Are they, are they certain the Alliance is there? Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay, they have to I don't be. Know otherwise, otherwise, that'd be a terrible decision, right? <laughs> I, I, so, this is where... I can't watch movies like this in my spare time. <laughs> they just drive me insane. This is why I only watch stuff like this late at night when I'm tired and I Mal is don't want to. too smart. Mal is way too smart. Like, when he goes down to get Inara, mm-hmm. he has the pulse beacon on him. Yes. Thankfully, he took that and not the NAVSAT, which was the other way they tracked where he was. Right. Like, it's the, the way that they set this up with the Reaver. It's Mal knows exactly what is going on mm-hmm. in a way that is annoying for the reason just stated. What if he was wrong? What if he just, like, sent these Reavers into wherever the hell Mr. Universe is, and the Alliance wasn't there. That'd be kind of a dick move. It would be. It would be. But you'd yeah, still have this reaver problem but as it, you're it, trying to get the signal It's across. the risk you gotta take, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to remember, too, that the Alliance knows what they know or what we know because they have they have uh, security footage of almost everything, everywhere, every minute. I know. So they, they they saw that River Tam spoke the word Miranda in this bar. And killed everyone, right? right? And now they they started attacking all of the safe havens that 
th- that this Firefly crew were going to. Well, yeah, and they they have. Oh, they get all of them. Like it's this—it's this absolute. It's the reason why no Grand Theft Auto game is set in modern day. Because as soon as everyone has cell phones and closed circuit television, it shuts down a lot of storylines. Upon reflection, quite a few open world games, and in fact, GTA V itself is set in modern day. So this is not a hard fast rule. Yeah. Like you can't set things now because <laughs> you can just call someone and resolve the problem. This yeah. is the Seinfeld. I think it's the Seinfeld phenomenon. It's like every episode of Seinfeld would have been three minutes if everyone everyone could have just called the other people. I'll be there in five minutes. Okay. Texting even. Like, is this what you mean, Jerry? No, this is not what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) 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 Like, it's the modern world sucks for this. And this is the reason why the most successful shows and movies nowadays are about hackers or people who are off the grid or zeroed because they're the only people far enough away from cameras to justify the way they behave. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise everyone just acts like a rational human being. Because if you don't act like a rational human being, you get a drone struck. Yes. (laughs) Um, And that's not a great movie overall. Yeah, you get operated on. Yeah. Operative. Operative. So we've got our final battle. Speaking of operatives. Yes. We got, you know, we've got our final battle here. We got the Reavers attacking the Alliance. We've got the Firefly and the crew sneaking in and. Gonna broadcast a signal. They're gonna broadcast the signal. We've got like the zombie standoff where the crew is is defending a bottleneck from the Reavers coming in so that Mal can go and put a signal in. And we've got, you know, the upsetting. uh, Shocking wash dying from a, you know, Someone dies. The stakes are real. Yeah. 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 It kind of makes it, you know, makes it intense. He'll be back in season four. Yes. Um, He'll be revived. Ah. Uh, You know, luckily, Mr. Universe is, he's dead. You know, obviously the Alliance, since they knew. The operative has been there. Yeah. The operative has been there, but he did leave a little message uh, with his uh, sex bot Mm -hmm. for, for Mal. And he. Tells them that there's, you know, there's this really scary generator shaft that's really hard to access with lots of chains and shit. But well, that's where the backup computer is to send this message, message. out. Yes. I got backup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course he's yeah. got backup. Yeah. yeah. I have no intention of actually going to the backup at any time. You know, yeah. like the, the bridge is out, you know, like I'll get it set up later. Well, the, the bridge isn't out. He just only has the control for it on the inside. Yes. That's a to, poor choice. So you have to like climb through chain monkey yeah. bar through chains. Dude, he's and Jewish. He's, that's not happening. Like I don't, I'm, I don't buy it. But, right, but that in our racist. No, 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 you take but it. But in our standoff of good and evil, Sandy Koufax, like Mister Hughes, no. But our standoff of good and evil, both Mal and the operative, are more than willing to work through this American Ninja course <laughs> to have their final fight. <laughs> yes. And while that's while that's going on, the uh, the other the the last of the uh, the crew the. the Last stand. There we go. That's yeah. close enough. That's the, that's what I meant to yeah, say. Yeah, they're you know they're trying to bottleneck the the reavers from you know to give Mal time to do this, and it's you know it's going poorly. Poorly. Yes, they're yeah. not winning. No, it's they're not depressing. doing a great job. And Everybody's it, affected. Yeah, and in the same, it doesn't quite have the same pattern to it, but uh, the way that people get killed or mortally wounded is. Very effective because, and that I assume this is just Whedon's direction on this is decent. It's in the same way that as soon as Mal knew that the operative was unarmed, though wearing body armor, um, he just shoots him immediately. 
um, the doctor stands up and says something and gets shot while he's saying something. Mm -hmm. And that scene is like a lot of action movies can go for an hour without having a scene that is that effective just Mm -hmm. because it's not that fast. Like it doesn't have the speed at the speed at which actual combat actually like occurs too. And it's, it's weird that movies don't manage to do that. Like they, it feels like they almost prime you in a way. And this, this is one way in which it's not a superhero movie because in superhero movies, they telegraph every wound. Yeah. Well, and I'd also like to make a, a quick comment on the fight scenes in this movie, because one of the things that frustrates me with comic book movies is that you can never actually see the action. The cutting is so quick. Like it's very hard to see the fights go down. And they're all terrible. Most of the cast oh. in this movie did their own stunts. So the action, you know, even though like 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 what you were saying, it happens fast in terms of when he gets caught, but you can you can see the fight scenes happening. Like they're not cut so much that you can it's hard to like visually, you know, well, there's, figure there's out a sense where of you space. Are. You yeah. like they, yeah. there are lines and people are saying things and the but again, that's the that's why the doctor scene works because yeah. It's fast, but it's only fast within the context of them regrouping. Yeah. It's um, not fast in terms of it's edited like in 47 you know, yeah. different cuts within the second so that, you know, there's like flash, bang, boom, so here, so bleeding, what? you can't what? tell the uh, stunt yeah. doubles And you whatever. don't even know yeah. where you are in the room. And this has the ace up its sleeve that everything except for Marvel movies have where um, I know how many times someone has to get shot before they go down. That would be one time. <laughs> Which is exactly the right number for every situation. They're, they're, so in Spider-Man 2, I assume there's been a new Spider-Man 2. And, Which and reboot an is ultimate this? Spider-Man 2. Tobey Maguire. I'm talking about the classic, okay. the Tobey okay. Maguire. Okay. The only one I've seen. So they have Doc Ock and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc Ock is in a uh, giant metal apparatus. Right. He should theoretically be able to grab Spider-Man and just squish him. Spider-Man is a super strong teenager of some origin who should be able to just punch Doc Ock in the face and kill him. Or cover him in web or something. That that movie, as far as superhero movies go, it was passable. It would have been substantially better if both of those characters, as melee combatants with one-punch kill capability, had to fight like that was true. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, that would have made the fight much better because instead, they spend the whole time beating the shit out of each other and I have no idea how hurt they are because there's no standard for it. Yeah, Mm. well, the Avengers is a lot like that too. Every superhero movie is that way because everyone can take a punch and they're throwing thousands of punches. Like, yeah. there's no, no that's, stakes That's there. one of the things, yeah. I mean, these are real people. And I even like when they do have the fight at the end, um, you actually get to see, like, Ma- Mal's, like, covered in battle wounds. Like, this guy gets beat up all the Movie, time. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, so it's, it, like, you like you feel it. Like, you know that he can take a few punches, but you know that he's feeling those punches mm-hmm. as well. You yeah. know, like, there's no, there's no question about the fact that he is legitimately injured, Mm -hmm. you know, while he is fighting. And certainly none of the other cast suffers from that. As soon as they get shot, they're on the ground. Yeah, Yeah. that hurts. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, you don't do much after you get shot. Oh, God. You don't do much after you get shot. Stop tearing things down, Ryan. What are you doing? Uh, I'm stretching. Yeah, indeed. But anyway, so, uh, (laughs) you know, right at the end of our our standoff, (laughs) you know, everyone's in rough shape, but we've got our secret weapon because... Who is trained to kill Reavers? Uh, 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 the operative. 
Wrong. No, shit. River. So while everyone else is beat up, River goes and does this lovely dive through the conveyor doors that are shutting on her and throws the medicine pack and starts kicking some ass. And you don't know at this point if she's actually going to survive this because it is Mm. a zombie movie or a zombie video game amount of Reavers coming through every <laughs> and orifice in this room. Left, it's a little left for dead. And, yeah, yeah, and, and everyone dead. else oh is injured, so they're not helping her at this point. Well, no, but the, like apparently these doors are special doors, like specialer than the other doors that the Reavers they're managed to get. I, I, that means something. Blast yes, doors. blast doors are, you know, you know like plot doors. Plot doors. On, <laughs> on FTL, you upgrade <laughs> your doors so that intruders can't get into your area. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And if you get your man working in the door room, it makes them even oh, harder. Yeah, to it open. makes it really good. Yes. Yeah. Um, Super blast. You know, Super and then doors. and then we've got Mal and the operative, and, you know, they have their last fight, and they don't kill each other. You know, he Mal, like, kind of ties up our, our operative at the end here so that he can get his his copy of no, like, the like, Reaver like information. Like the best revenge, he's like, your punishment is that a, you're is you have to, have to watch live. me succeed. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to keep living. Yeah. This scene also confirms... Clearly an existentialist. It, it, it confirms something uh, that also plays very much into the operative style. Uh, he is actually incredibly arrogant. That's not like a vibra sword or some like crazy magical apparatus. It's just an actual sword. Because Mal... And him, they both get stabbed. Yes. yes. And they don't die from it. Yes. Which yes. implies that it's just a regular ass metal sword. Oh, he's old school. That's all like the yeah, opposite. Well, 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 there's no superpowers in <laughs> yeah, this movie. Yeah, that's one of the benefits of this not being a superhero movie is that nobody, with the exception of River, because we have to suspend our disbelief, nobody has superpowers. Well, she doesn't have superpowers. She just can fight. That's a fucking superpower. Yeah. She fights. Uh, There's no, like, energy coming out of her hand. She doesn't have a fucking hammer that, like, she hammers Yeah, but she she is way stronger than she should be for her size. I I get that. Let's roll the tape. I get that. Let's get back to the commando scene. I believe, I believe, Lou, uh, you were the one that mentioned. Well, let's, uh, well, let's get back to this. It's a little unbelievable that a 90-pound woman is beating up 200. No, I'm saying my, my definition of a superpower is something that's not, like, you know, it's so, I guess, I don't know. Someone doing choreography isn't the same as, like, you have a hammer and now all my enemies are gone. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's I, what I'm I getting mean, at. I yes. No, no, no. I, I will grant that, but I will... I think River is a superhero. I, I'm not disagreeing well, with that. that's what the Alliance was trying to make her, I'm not basically. disagreeing with that. Well, it's, they succeeded. Yeah, they did. Or is she a super villain? Bum, bum. That depends bum. on what side you're on. <gasps> what side are we dun, on? Dun, dun, dun. I'm on, Ryan's I'm on, on the Team Alliance. Alliance yeah, I don't okay. know, man. Well, I'm, to, I'm, I'm on Team Firefly. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. That's going to turn around in season four, you guys. Just <laughs> yeah, so, the Alliance redeemed. <sighs> and uh, yeah, so, so then we cut to River, and as we were saying, who doesn't have superpowers, but managed to kill all the Reavers, and there's this cute scene of her with some axes and the yeah. blood dripping, and she's, you know. Posing. Posing. Dramatically. Korean. Yes. yes. And uh, all Highly the Reavers are dead. Mm-hmm. She wins. The message has been brought broadcast. Yes. The uh, operative tells the Alliance, just stand down. It's already done. We've lost this fight. Yes. Good job, everyone. You know. He knows He knows when to, to, to fold them at that point. He, he tried. He knows when he, yeah, when he lost the hand. He tried. He's like, make sure you come and get me. Yeah. I'm wounded. And, of course, <laughs> and I'm strapped yeah, I'm a little, a little to help this here. railing here. And, uh. And they didn't want to want to have him go back for it. Like 
the operative had no idea what the situation was when they called for that kill order. There's every reason to believe the Mao would have gone back and just smoked him at that point. So I can see some degree of self-preservation going on there. Yeah. Bit of yeah. respect for your enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, I said, he's got old school. He's got some honor. He, one might almost think that he were monk-like. That has been argued, I, I guess. <laughs> how, can anyway. you, how can you convey eye rolling on the podcast? <laughs> silence. <laughs> just, just, just seconds of silence. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So the operative uh, operative lives to fight another day. Um, he Mal lives, lives to fight another day. Yeah. Mal lives to fight another Everyone day. Knows. We have a little funeral for our our movie characters that did not make it. Our through trusty the film. pilot wash. Yes, the, the shepherd. In the wind. And the, and the shepherd, right? The he shepherd. gets his own grave. Yeah, he brought he his body. His little... All right. Mm-hmm. Everyone else in the movie? Fuck them. That's all I got to well, say. Well, they're alive. Oh, very good. <laughs> they're going to live. Oh, yeah. They're live. That's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> the worst fate. Yeah, yeah, I know, man. It won't <laughs> even be remembered. And then, and, then, and then moving forward, all we have is just constant fan hope that some other thing in the Firefly universe will be produced. At how's some that? Point. Hope, how's that hope been treating? Them? You know, not well. When yeah. when we well when we uh, did our movie night on Saturday, I did a quick. You know, I put in Firefly in Google, mm-hmm. and you know, from one day and two day, there was oh possible talks of maybe. I mean, there's always talks, but it's never going to happen. When they release a new Blu-ray edition, or when. Firefly get gets signed hopeful. on to Amazon or to Netflix, whatever service is licensed it for those six months or whatever. Someone tweets out, a rumor has it that Firefly will be re- you know, uh, gotcha. recreated or they're going to bring it back, you know, bring it back and what's, get the gang back together. And What's and, the linchpin? Why is it not happening? Well, Universal owns the rights for interest. Serenity. For Serenity. Um, Fox owns the rights for Firefly. Firefly and these are working actors that Who work for other networks. Do other jobs. Okay, yeah. so Amazon just needs to buy Fox, Universal, <laughs> and probably Netflix too. I think or I was gonna say, or Netflix that. could maybe just buy the rights and do their little like Netflix, you know, like they did for uh, Arrested, Arrested Development. Uh, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. This has happened it, before. You know, because there's such. They should probably even get Mitchell Horvitz to do. Firefly as well. I think that'd be fun. To be honest. Well, you. You, you know, because there's there's such a strong fandom around this. There's always like a hopeful talk that something else in the Firefly universe will be produced. And you know, I, I, I'm not going to say I would love to see it because everyone's you know older and it might be a little weird. But I would watch it, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't when you be get a- the gang back together. I would watch yeah. it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I wouldn't watch it because I don't watch TV, but, you know, I wouldn't begrudge its existence. Yeah. So, so this seems like a cast of characters that people can get behind yeah. and shove onto trolley tracks. Some snappy dialogue going. Yep. Oh, there's tons of snappy dialogue. Man, it, when you turn, it wasn't as obvious the first time because we didn't have subtitles on. When you turn subtitles on, I feel like there should be a different version of subtitles where it shows you... Nonverbal. Where it shows you... The screenplay where Joss Whedon clearly wrote this out like it was just Shakespeare. Oh yeah, the the, the <laughs> vernacular here is it, he definitely has some fun with it. It's it's hooked and like rhythmic in a way yeah. that is it does not even come across in the way the actors say it. It's just in the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I recommend going back and doing that if you want to do that. Although it does it does kind of spoil the mood because it makes it feel a lot more 
pompous and philosophical than it actually is at times. It makes it feel like it's trying to be really poignant sometimes. Well, but that's that's kind of what I like about this this genre is that, you know, it like I said, you're always kind of working at a deficit when you do sci-fi because you never have the time or the budget or the quality of actors that you want, but you still have to get a good product out. You know, that that at points is poignant but also has to recognize the fact that they're within like a B-movie structure. Um, and I think this does this very well. Where are all the sci-fi dollars going? I don't know, because there seems to be such a huge, like, genre following of sci-fi, but, like, every time there is a good sci-fi show, it always suffers from lack of budget. I, th- I mean, that was that was a rhetorical question. It's clearly Star Trek and Star Wars, but... Um. <laughs> I don't watch Star Wars. Star Wars, I can't get myself to... In the last Star all Trek this movie fucking was, nonsense, you don't watch Star Wars. Well, Star Wars I watched is it a like lot the, when I was a kid, and yeah. I have no need to pick it up again. All right, all right, all right. We're not like, you know, sci-fi guys, people that... He's never up watched Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. But the amount of fucking space shit, you got, don't tell me you're not the sci- You just tell me the extolling the virtues of Firefly I've on seen me here. some bits of Star Wars, gotcha. and... Sorry. I've seen <laughs> some bits of Star Wars, but, you know... It's like Star Trek The Next Generation. A lot of people love that series as the, one of the better Star Trek that series. That is true. But when you one go, of them might be standing around when the you actually... <laughs> See, there you when go. You, you know ex- exactly what I'm talking about. When you expand to your horizon to other shows, other sci-fi shows in the genre, you start realizing how really not great that show is compared to a lot of other ones. <gasps> it's, oh. it's not... <laughs> So, like, you start watching things like Farscape or Firefly or, you know, Battlestar Galactica. Or Mr. Robot. Babylon 5. Babylon 5 is the shit. You start talking about story arcs that traverse multiple seasons nonstop. It's a beautiful thing. I need a wire in space. That's all I need. Yeah. (laughs) That's what what I'm waiting for. But, okay, so, all right. Has no one tried that yet? Is that too audacious? Yeah, I think so, man. Yeah. It'd just be too much. I think Alien, maybe the first Alien had it with their like blue collarness. Actually, know, the expanse is trying to the do expanse. it a little bit, but it's a it's sci-fi, the TV network sci-fi, and their stuff always is a little unwieldy. Like they haven't figured out how to get the writing uh as nice and tight. There as... is a season two, so or three. No, or I mean one. we'll watch it, sure, yeah. but it's not <laughs> Um, we'll watch it indiscriminately. I'm just saying the sci-fi uh, network uh, sci-fi programs, the writing is not quite as tight as it is on something like this or something like a Farscape or Babylon 5. I mean, sci-fi backpedaled on being spelled correctly, so... <laughs> and how many away they put up? Touché. Touché. They've got... No, it's... It's brutal. All right, so I, I, let's hit this thing. We're done. Is the movie over yet? <laughs> Fucking Christ, let's get on with it. Ryan, it sounds like you got more to say. <laughs> I got some problems with this movie. This is not a good movie. I got to say it. I just, um, I like it, but it's not a good movie. Um, You've watched it like one time. I have, uh, From what I can remember, I've seen it one time. Yes, I've seen it, I've seen it several times, but I ha- for all intents and purposes, I have not. Uh, I've seen it one time. So, um... So I do agree. All right, so some problems. Um, first off, just obviously, uh, I gotta say this is not a well acted movie. I um, we already established B list actors. Yes, well, I think it needs. I think it bears repeating. <laughs> not, the acting is a problem problem for me. I mean, were you film. expecting like Academy Award performances or something? They're not in the budget. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no. I'll ex- once again. I mean, it's tough for me to suspend my disbelief. You know, like I might have got the hum, but I'm not there yet. You know, but still. 
there is some good acting in it though. There are some bits and pieces of it overall, but I mean, the tone of the thing just has some problems, right? Like with the way that the acting um, and the story is just being like jammed into this thing, man. I mean, this movie is is almost holding more sausage than than the casing can cope with. And it's just like, 10 it's pounds really, of potatoes in a five pound bag. Oh, no, this movie, this movie, the, the original script was 190 pages. So I can like, I mean, Which, I'm, that would have made it at least three hours long. But it's, it's like <laughs> a lot of these things, you know, like it's like, you know, I tell people I don't like superhero movies, and they're like, "Do you read comic books?" But and it's you like, watch superhero movies all the time, Ryan. I know this is, the, but I hate them. And this is the thing: they're like, "Well, well don't you read comic books?" And I'm like, "I'm a fucking adult male with like time on my hands." You know, like, no, I don't read comic yeah, books. Yeah, because like, they're they're stupid. Yeah, I've got things to like do in my life that are like meaningful, and so like I don't read comic books, and yet they always tell me like, "Well, they're more enjoyable if you read the comic books." But I'm watching a movie. It's like telling me that like the sex would be really good, even though the woman's in the other room. You know, like the whole point. Of, I'm in here. You know, like if I'm, you like those types of movies or that type of uh, I don't know reading or whatever yeah. you want to call that. Literature. Then yes, yeah, maybe. But, this thing yeah, but, 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 but Ryan, you enjoy reading but, the Cormac McCarthy novels before you see the movie adaptations. Yes, absolutely. So, but these things have like weight and gravity to them. You know, like I'm here to have a good time. Like I don't need to like. Just don't tell me that I could be enjoying this more if there was something else unattainable in this moment right now. Also to reverse the aphorism, uh, sufficient but not necessary in the yes. case of No Country for Old Men. <laughs> you can watch that and not read the book and still think that's a pretty good movie. So I do like, the, I, like I said, it's not good, but I do, I do, I, have, I did enjoy it. I mean, I did like the feel of it and I'm a quick study with films, so I didn't need all like, I didn't need a bunch of backstory, you know, like I didn't need all of that to like, I think get a grasp on what was going on here, uh, but I did like it, and like that's the thing too is that as it, as the dialogue gets delivered rather hamily at times as well, uh, they don't stop to like, and it doesn't feel self conscious, and that's what's kind of interesting about the film in general um, is that it does it, it is rather sure of itself, even though it seems like it shouldn't be, and that's kind of what is kind of fun about camp as well, which I think that like something we've been kind of avoiding, which is that this is a campy movie. Hey, like, this is my guilty pleasure pick. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm trying to like reestablish the theme listen, here. Listen, I know Tombstone isn't considered a B movie, but there was some campy shit. In oh, that. dude, that is a there bad movie. There was some movie. campy, yes, campy mustaches. Terrible. And Jacob, Jacob actually is is he says he is very disappointed that we did not bring up how Doc Holliday's double barrel shotgun shot three shots in, in the, the OK scene. Corral that, scene. Irregardless, it's a fucking grit is a terrible movie. But like this is, but these things once again, make it a little bit more endearing than yeah. they are as well, right? Like, I mean, I get that the operative is just absurd. Like there's no fucking reason that character should be relevant, interesting, or otherwise have any sort of serviceableness in the plot himself. Or be killing people with a sword in the future. No, his whole motivation is fucking ridiculous. Nerve clusters. Yes, nerve clusters. So, so we're sitting at the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the Alliance. There's exactly. A meeting going on. The recruitment agent comes in. Mm -hmm. We found one. <laughs> Dude, he knows the nerve cluster trick. Yeah, he knows guy. the nerve cluster you gotta, trick. You gotta beat this guy. Yeah. I got it. He is all about killing children. He is, uh, he thinks he's a bad guy already. He's perfect for us. Yeah, he's one of those rare And he respects our goals. Yeah, he's, he, is, he is exactly, he represents what we want the Alliance to be. He, he is one of those rare instances of people we didn't need to inculcate into this, yeah. into our world. He is like, I'm on board. Like, what are we doing? I'm on board. Let's do this. He spent his whole, like, from kindergarten through fifth grade just taking the heads off of G.I. Joe's. Mm -hmm. Like, just in, no, he's, um... 
He's battle ready. Yes. Just like a villain needs to be. And he's my favorite character in this thing. I do I do like him a lot. But once again, I'm, I still come back to it. I got some other things to say. Um, this movie has some <laughs> has a lot of shit in it, and as such, it's like really difficult. So I've like I've got some themes. Uh, this movie's about um, <laughs> this movie has this like a rebellious aspect to it. It's about um, there's the question of morality about whether we should do what's right and what's wrong. Um, there are themes of there's protection. There's a lot of rebellion. Yeah, the theme, themes. Yeah, re rebellion themes, morality themes. Uh, this movie's also about uh, personal freedom and liberty. Oh yes, it is. Yes, Alliance is controlling. No man, I want to be free. That's why I'm out here. Uh, familial love, protection, uh, and ultimately the quest for truth. And there's a lot of plates in the air. I'll be honest with you. Like, there's a lot of plates spinning. I mean, in that's, this a, that's a well. lot of content to cover in a shitty B movie, wouldn't you say, Ryan? <laughs> well, but this is the thing: is but that it covers them all so beautifully. I, in a manner of speaking, it uh, <laughs> sure as hell tries to. And it, as it kind of like launches around from this thing, right? You, like, the unity of the whole plot structure is bad. And I know, I know, I know, it's unfinished, right? And like, that, I get that, you know. But it's just not. It just holds it back in the end for me as well. It's. Something that you are really enjoyable and that, it, like I said, the, the lack of, of self-consciousness that it brings to all of this. The fact that it just kind of like fucking bulldozes its way through each little obstacle set up for itself. I mean, that energy alone is kind of like almost endearing in its quality as well, right? You knew you had like this one-off shot and he's just like, no, I'm going to do it. But you that, know, in like, a way, that's how, the, that's how the Firefly crew is. Like, I mean, they're, they're just... <laughs> they have to operate at that level. Yeah, yeah, the mentality of the yeah that's needs, what I mean. Yes. It's 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 like it's like the mentality of the crew, and it therefore becomes like the mentality of like the the whole picture. Mm -hmm. But also, it it also sort of plays into the environment that they're forced to to be within. Mm -hmm. You know, they they can't be in a proactive environment. It's a very reactionary environment. So everything they have to do has to be a quick decision of, yes, no, we commit to one and we fucking do it. Yeah, but it's got like the... Because Guardians of the Galaxy both have, both with, with Serenity, have this like swarthiness to the filmmaking. Yeah. You know, like there's just a certain, a little swagger in the way that it moves, you know, and... It's Chris Prattish. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is what kind of sets the... This thing up, you know. I mean, because I mean, so this was Chris Prattish way before Chris Pratt. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well he perfected the art. Look, all these characters are a pleather vest away from Han Solo, anyway. I okay, mean, like, that was got... that. Um, there was yeah, uh, Mal and the Millennia Falcon thing. Um, we did make like some very direct comparisons between them, so it's a totally okay well, analogy. Also, to be clear, Chris You'll Pratt. Chris Pratt has a pleather vest on. Yes, exactly. Yes, so <laughs> he's not even that far away from Han Solo. <laughs> also, uh, Harrison Ford is going back and redoing all of his movies now. Basically, he's just like Indiana Jones, Star Wars. They'll probably do Air Force Two in a bit here. Uh, I want him to go back. That may not happen. But the, uh, he's doing what uh, Blade Runner. I want him to go back through all of his old movies mm -hmm. and die. It all, oh, that'd be awesome! Like, wouldn't that be an amazing? <sighs> Damn it. Like high art ass mission mm -hmm. at the end of your life to retire like by it. killing every character you've ever been. I like it. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, I okay. The Han Solo comparison specifically, uh, when Mal goes to see the operative for the first time at Anara's and he shoots first, it was a direct homage, homage to the fact that Han shot first. Excellent. Okay. That scene. Uh oh, awesome. Yes. No, I'm not giving up my advantage. <laughs> like this is don't no, no yeah. apologies. And this film has no apologies, which is part of its charm, as we've established earlier. Yes, yes. 
uh, despite the fact that it is a little clusterfucky. But, but it so it well. witty. Yes, exactly. Like I mean, it's like anything. You know, I I so I mean, in all the end, on a ship called Serenity. In the end, I will see this movie again. I will give it one out of one out of one star. Well, out of one that's star. all I can one, ask for. That's really all I can ask for. Absolutely, David. Are you are you with me? Um. Yeah, I'd watch it again. In 10 years after you've forgotten it? What? I already did. Even better. Yeah. All right. You'll notice I didn't quote very much. <laughs> I'll watch it again. I'm sure we will. Like tonight? No, I watched it last night. <laughs> it's, it's not like our favorite movie of all time. Oh, okay. Nothing. No, but it is a guilty pleasure. It's right? one yeah, of my guilty so, pleasures. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've seen Tombstone well, probably about more than most movies. This but, probably speaks more to me than to this group. But I, I did find it funny that you consider it a guilty pleasure, mm-hmm. when to me it's just a pleasure. I don't feel guilty about liking this movie. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. Right. I, I don't feel guilty about liking what I like in these stupid shows and these stupid movies. Because at the end of the day, that's what they're there for. So, it's not a guilty pleasure for me. Mm-hmm. Well, the next movie we're going to go for certainly does not aspire to that level of grandeur. All right. Um, However... So when How we guilty s- are you getting, David? Uh, not, eh, not terribly. The um, but there were a lot of there were a lot of options when we initially came up with this topic. I had no idea what I wanted to pick, mm-hmm. and then I started like thumbing through yes. the Blu-ray collection, and I have like five movies I want to pick now. <laughs> um, you said this last week. I know. That's when I did the thumb through the Blu-ray I know, but collection. we weren't recording when David said this last week, so we need to so allow the, all the, the, the listening record. audience. It's on the record yes. now. On the record. Officially, yeah. everyone now knows that there are like five movies that I want to do for Excellent. this now. Um, but I've narrowed it down to two, and the question is whether we think... I, I have one movie that I, I think is my ideal guilty pleasure movie. But it's also an action movie, and we've already basically done two action movies, so I'm hesitant to pick it. Guilty Pleasure is action. (laughs) The other one is a comedy. Okay. And I guess I don't don't want to reveal which ones they are just right off the bat, because that kind of sucks, because... Then you can't pick it for later. Yeah, it's no no surprise. Can we each get a question, then? What? Can we each get a question, then? No. No, okay. I'm just going to pick one. All right, The movie good. we're going to do... All right, here are your choices. Is Action Action comedy. Armageddon. Oh, very good. Oh, my God. Michael Bay, Ben Affleck, Bruce Willis, oh. that one black guy. Oh, man. I'm starting to regret... Don't doing this podcast. Close my eyes. <laughs> starting to regret doing this podcast. I believe this to be. Did we see this in the theater? No, I've seen it at my dad's house like a oh, okay. hundred times. Oh yeah, approximately hundred and thirty times. Yeah. Okay. Um, I believe this to be an ur. So you like really movie. like this movie? Um. It's got its moments. You know how Tombstone. You can't, sub- you can't subject us all to it if, if you, you just think like it has it. its moments. Like, the only I reason lo- why we'll watch it I is because you like it. I love <laughs> Serenity. Like I will watch it every day. All right. No. No. I'm, I've I'm, watched Armageddon a lot, and I have never turned away from it. All right. That's <laughs> okay. Well, I, there he, we go. I guess that's the best we can that, ask for. That if that is not a guilty pleasure, I don't know what is. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I turned away from it. 
this isn't about you. No, I know. All right, this is about David's pick. I'm trying to think and if the we did solidarity see the theater. Of the podcast. Babe, seems... they, they turned away from Serenity yeah, yeah. for years. I, I also, so. I also just couldn't let the guilty pleasure thing go by without having Michael Bay in it, given that he is the most masturbatory, self-indulgent director of our time. Mm-hmm. It just, it felt incomplete without him. Okay. All right. Um. So even if the pleasure isn't even necessarily all mine. It is absolutely in the wheelhouse of at least one human being. Um, <laughs> one human being's cinematic guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, so we're, um, we're not turning away from this. This is, uh, is going to be rough, but I'm willing to do it. Two shuttles. Oh, God. They double up on everything. Damn it. Action stars, shuttles. Steve Buscemi. Plot holes. Yeah, Steve Buscemi's the best character in that. He's in that movie? Oh, yeah. yeah he he's we'll, we'll he's hilarious. We'll get through Jesus it. Christ. All right, That's going to do this it. This is fucking long, too. This isn't like no short movie, No, is it? Th- that movie's no. really long. Okay. It's... No, the CGI budget kept going. All right, you still got that honey pussy whiskey around or something? Yeah, probably. All right, we might need some of that. I'm going to bring some real whiskey for that <laughs> night. Yeah. Yeah, just foo-foo whiskey. <laughs> Let's do this thing. All right. I'm excited. Yeah. Lou, thanks for coming back on for number three. Well, thanks for having me. Providing some actual sci-fi enthusiasm that would have otherwise been uh, entirely on Nicole's shoulders. Hey, man, I, so I, I love to bring the, the, the level down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> <sighs> Nicole. David. Ryan. Yes. Woo. Thanks for being part of the Machination Log. Good morning, everyone.